Hello, Carnival personnel, friends. It's your good old pal, Jacques. Um, I've not done this before. I don't believe I had, where I've given uh, an introductory slash summary of an episode before we played the episode. But I'm making exception today, uh, making this decision and this uh, message unilaterally. I haven't run it by uh, Sir Biff or Joe as of yet. But I just wanted to say a couple things about this episode. First, I think it's the first two-part episode we've ever had. A number of times episodes have run long and we joked about making them a two-parter. But this is definitely going to be a two-parter. The conversation we had with our guest... Uh, our friend Hafen, for me, lasted over four hours, but the podcast about two and a half hours, so I'll split it sort of in half. We are going to circle back and talk with Hafen in six months. couple quick things. Yes, Hafen is the guest's real name. Hafen is a friend of mine in Biff's for a very long time. It was sometime late 96, early 97, I met Hafen. And from that point to about 2004... Uh, the fall of 2004, other than our uh, dear departed friend Steve Daly and, you know, our friend uh, uh, JT from Friday Night Hockey are probably the only two people I spent as much time with as I spent with Hafen. Truly somebody I saw several times a week playing hockey on different teams, uh, different, just, just our social circles ran deep. Uh, he is somebody I consider beyond a brother. I'm you know, closer to him than I am my own brother. Uh, absolutely could not think more of him. The most honest and earnest person I think I've ever met. Uh, a true sweetheart. And I joke a lot that I believe quite possibly he is a spy. Just to make sure I was clear. I quite possibly believe he's a spy. Do I really believe he's a spy? I don't know. I don't not not believe he's a spy. And over this episode and the next one, I kind of methodically uh, laid out the the trail of breadcrumbs, piecing this together. And in about six months, we decided, Joe Biff, Haven, and I decided we'll circle back in six months, and those guys will have like kind of a list of questions to throw at Haven. If he doesn't drop off the grid again, um, he has this job and this career where it's completely plausible that he is incommunicado for vast periods of time uh, for work-related reasons traveling around the globe. Anyways, I suggest listen to this episode at uh, 1.25 speed. Uh, 1.5 might be too fast, but it would make the uh, medicine go down easy if you sped up. Anyways... uh, here is part one of our delightful chat with uh, our brother, uh, Hafen. Hello, and welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Jacques. Uh, hey, I'm Biff. Hey, I'm here. Look at that. Wow. 
And the person who found Biff hiding in the woods, me, Joe. <laughs> so it, it wasn't exactly the woods, but okay. <laughs> woods adjacent. It's it's funny you mentioned hiding in the woods, uh, which will come up later in this podcast. So this is a sideshow. Uh, we have a guest today. We have a guest that has only crossed paths with uh, with Joe a couple times in, in, in their lives, uh, but a very close friend of Biff and I. We will get deep into the weeds of how we met, uh, who this person is. Uh, I will preface by saying there's a couple people who have listened to this podcast who I've not met in person yet who are super excited that this episode is finally happening. <laughs> uh, one, one, I, I, I'm going to say he's a really good friend who I've yet to meet, uh, Dave, who hosts one of my favorite podcasts that's currently on hiatus. He says he's not doing anymore. I I'm saying he's on hiatus. Complaints and observation is one, you know, person who we went back and forth messaging um, when when I've talked to, about this person on the podcast and about what I think they really do for a living, um, and and we will get into that. But first, we're going to talk about how we met, some fun stories, and then I think I think Biff will probably, and I'm just I'm just guessing, will probably take the um, defense attorney role. I'll fall into the prosecutor role. Joe will be the jury of his peers, and we'll break down uh, into that. But for right now, uh, Carnival personnel listeners, All Star Tommy, please welcome uh, our good friend Hafen from. Uh, I, I, it's not Stockholm you live in. What, what, what city in Sweden are you? We, we, that's we're talking about the Stockholm syndrome. That's a different thing altogether. Different John. thing altogether. Yeah. Hafen, where are you? <laughs> I am in Saltshubu, uh, which I don't know if the Swedes would say that I'm pronouncing it correctly, but uh, uh, it's it's a suburb of Stock Stockholm, so near Stockholm. Can you say it one more time? Saltshubu. God bless you. I just, 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 it, it sounds like you know a place you go on the way to Coruscant or something. It's also the name of my um... first Star Wars. <laughs> that's a better Star line. Wars I'm, reference. I'm one. Right, okay, got one Star Wars reference in the books, and it wasn't from me. It's <laughs> also the name of my bookshelf from Ikea. <laughs> right. Yeah, see? The judges also accept that. Uh, so, Biff, help me with, with – there's a couple areas where I'm fuzzy on the how the three of us, you, Hafen, and I came into each other's orbits. I don't know if I met you first and then met Hafen or if I met Hafen and then I met you. Do you remember how the three of us became pals? Well, I actually think it's kind of independent. So I think that like, you know, Hafen, uh, you know, joined, you know, you know, you know, our hockey team and, you know, so okay. we, right. And then that was a kind of its own, own path, but then Hafen independently was playing in a league with you. So I, it's, I can't imagine, because first of all, I have no idea how I wound up on the Caltech hockey team. Well, that I think that's what happened was that we um, we were short of people, and we asked, you know, we basically uh, hired you as coach, and because you were a coach, you got you, you know, we we just put you on as yeah, he's a player coach, yeah, that's it. Did you so, bring Did you bring me on, or did Hafe? Because I, I I met you through F and H, I thought, or through Paul. No, I, 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 that's what I just, I, I, most of the people I knew in LA, especially in the hockey circles, I met through Paul and then, you know, um, yeah. so I think we had all three of us had independent meetings. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I can shed some light on this. Yeah. Please, please I do. Think, yeah. There's one more thing that I have to tell you about, but let's go. Let's ask, hey, go, let, get Haven going. Yep. 
so Biff, you're you're correct in that it, this was all independent uh, meetings. Um, I I started just playing at uh, Caltech because, of course, at the time I worked at JPL and JPL has a uh, an association with Caltech. So I wanted to play ice hockey, and that was a good way to do so. Uh, but but there was that wasn't enough ice hockey for me because, well, let's face it, um, I sucked. <laughs> so when, you know, when past tense, you're talking. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> this is a long time ago, Jacques. Come on. Um, so, uh, so then I uh, went to FNH as a, another source of uh, getting some ice time. And I recall, actually, Jacques, the very moment we first met. Uh, so uh, we, were, we were getting ready, and we happened to be in the same locker room. And um, it was uh, just the three of us, you, me, and some other guy whose name whose face I don't remember. Uh, and we were sitting there, last ones in the locker room, getting ready, lacing up. And um, I'm paying attention to just, you know, what I got to do. And all of a sudden I hear this other guy say, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? And you say like, sure. And, and he says, uh, why do you have just one sideburn on your face? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I recall your response, which was, dude, Chicks dig it. And <laughs> right there, it was love at first, uh, at, at first sight. I, uh, I knew that we were going to be good friends. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so the weird thing is that I don't know how you got on that team, Jacques, but you played on a team called, I, I think it was Doom. And it was actually you and Nat played on a team called Doom. And I independently, in, independently got on that team. And, and so like, we actually met each other through like three very distinct, you know, circumstances. Okay. Cause I, I don't, so the funny thing is uh, we're going to pause for just a second. So everybody can get catch up. I want to point out that Hayfin and, and Biff back me up on this is a moron. Now that said, if you were taking notes uh, at the time I met, I met Hafen. He was working at JPL, which is part of Caltech. Uh, for those who, for the uninitiated, JPL is Jet Propulsion Laboratories, <laughs> which is what, part of what, J, what JPL is. is it's a it's a NASA, uh, you know, organization that's administered by Caltech. So, so I want to be really clear that that you know Hafen's kind of in the category of my 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 stepdad, my dad, uh, a brilliant physicist, world renowned moron <laughs> you know, just, just and i couldn't say that more lovingly now my my boys do not know this my boys do not know this. someday they'll find out uh but, but Ethan I, is their father i, I oh, oh my god yes. oh <laughs> am i off the hook oh thank <laughs> fucking god because every time we go out it's like okay keep an eye out we'll go to the mall maybe we'll find your real dad uh but but all kidding aside it, 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 it's 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 amazing how we cross paths, but I had a starter wife. I got married um, to a uh, a girl who went on to play professional hockey in the NWHL. I ended up helping um, run the league and, and GM of that team. Um, and so you'll hear the name Nat a lot on this episode, more than all the other episodes put together. Uh, but that is where Joe and Hafen's paths cross because they were both in my starter wedding i think that's the first time you guys met right yes I, yeah and i think actually i think it might be the only time 
So I think so. Do you like a black cat? You know, you, just kind of cross your path, and then it's all bad luck from there. <laughs> so, so you had moved back to Boston by the time of the wedding, right? Where, yeah. where, where were you I, living, Joe? Oh, yeah, you not I, moved I out I had, yet. I hadn't quite moved out to Boston. You haven't. Okay, so you guys I must mean, have hung LA. out, you know, because we would have parties, Hafen. Because yeah, so Joe moved out for a year, right after Nat and I got married, because we lived in that place. Um, so the first time you guys met, you guys remember who else was in the wedding? Let's see. It was me. It was Nat. I think it was that's it. Joe. I think it I appreciated the Haven, wedding. <laughs> it was Renetsky. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul, Paul, Paul Lagois officiated. That's Can right. you guys think of anybody else who was in the wedding? Was uh, Tom Lally in the wedding? Uh, no, no, Tom Lally was not in the wedding. Okay. John Taylor? No, John was there. John was there, but he wasn't in the wedding. I mean, I know the answer, but <laughs> you, my lawyers have advised me not to answer. You, you really don't remember who the other groomsman was, Hafe? No. It, oh, of course I do. <laughs> I Of course I do. Newfie. It there was, you go. No, Newfie. Newfie was not. No. Uh, Newfie wasn't. Are, you, are we giving away the answer or are we, te- are we dancing around it? Danny yeah. Masterson, dude. Oh Danny Masterson, Haven, uh, Eric wasn't. It was it was you guys. My brother was my best man, and then I had you, Joe, and Danny, and that and that was it. And on you know on 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 her side, you know, was Renetsky, and I can't remember <laughs> who else. I really, I really, I really, really can't. I, I, you know, I was just trying to think of guys who used to wear the chief's jersey to Friday night hockey. So for those who don't know, um, like I said, my my starter wife, we met playing hockey through this guy, Paul LaGuardia, the godfather of hockey in Southern California, probably the Southwest U.S., truly. And instead of getting rings, we got our favorite players' numbers tattooed on our feet. So I got Bobby Orr's number four, Gretzky's 99, she has Claude Lemieux's 22. So we got married 422.99 at the rink we met in the Women had the home jerseys and all the men wore the away uniforms of the Charlestown Chiefs. And that was Sports Center's play of the day. And uh, Rob, I can't say the uh, the news announcer's name, but from Channel 4 in L.A., they showed up too and covered it. Um, from the I, yes, thank you. Thank you. I think it was Channel 4 who was there. Anyway, so that's where Biff, uh, that's where Hafen and, and Joe first met. Okay, so moving on. So, Haven and I became really, really great friends. At the time, you know, Biff, we would see at hockey, we would see at events, we would hang out after hockey, but there was a window, and this is before, you know, kids came into the picture for me, obviously, and, you know, but we would play hockey at Selmar, California, which is about a half hour outside of LA. It's a shitty town for the most part, and where the rink was was probably in the shittiest part of the shittiest town. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was actually, it gets, you know, because I live not so far from that area. Yeah, it actually gets worse than that, but sure. <laughs> yeah, but at least we had we had railroads through there. Come on. <laughs> and so. How often did the trains go by? Uh, so often you won't even know. <laughs> every, 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 uh, every Jacques story. Yeah. So, well, which is funny because Paul Laguardia, one day Paul Laguardia, a train goes by and he yells, shit, I missed my train. Yeah. Everybody laughs. I do that every day. So where we live in Lowell, 
like five miles away, you could hear the train and an industrial train goes through the town at like one in the morning at four in the morning. And if I'm up, I always say it. And, and, and it's funny because management, there's been times when management, I'll be sleeping down. I'll fall asleep on the couch. She'll be upstairs. She'll go to the bathroom and she'll hear me say to myself, damn it. I miss my train. And she will call downstairs and like, I heard you. <laughs> you know, it's like so so this this rink was in the middle of nowhere. It was a one ice surface. We won't we can do five sideshows on just the building of the rink, it being a front for and again, Biff, correct me if I'm wrong. That rink was nothing more than than built to launder Russian mob money. Yes or no? Well, I mean, so it used to be a bowling alley, I think it's a converted bowling alley. And I think that's why it's not regulation. But um I think that that is an allegation that I don't want to actually make living, you know, too close <laughs> to that area. So I'm just going to say that there were some, you know, interesting activities going on with the owner, alleged owners of that building. And and, and the rink was in the middle of the barrio, but right next to the rink barrio. was an, oh my God. A, an old <laughs> farmhouse. No, like literally it was, you know, that's what, that's what Zach barrio. always referred to it as, you know, barrio. you know, okay. and, uh, and there was, I don't know if it was a farm, but there was like a little shack type ish farmish area on one side of the rink that, that we would get off the ice at midnight. Most of the people would stay there till about 2 a.m. Hey, Finn, what percentage of time would we still be there? You, um, Newfie, uh, Nat, and, and maybe a couple other stragglers when the rooster started crowing at 5 a.m.? Oh, it had to be at least uh, 90%. <laughs> and, it happened a lot. And in, in, one of my, in one of my stand-up bits, I talk about one of the things I miss about uh, the 90s is teleporting because I teleported everywhere. And by teleporting, I mean drinking and driving. And I don't brag and I don't want to romanticize it, but is there any chance had we ever got pulled over, any of us would not have been over the legal limit by like 20%, 50%? What was it? Uh, someone used to say, uh, I'll, I'll have one more for the, one more beer for the ditch. Yeah, that was Brian. <laughs> that was Brian Day taking one for the ditch. Uh, which meant he put three in his bag, but yeah. So so we would stay there, and after after uh, the starter wife and I parted ways, and management would come out to visit. She was out there for like probably the last six months or year of that rank, and she was just always amazed that the the absolute shenanigans that would go on at a parking lot at three a.m. Like one day somebody. We did a gift exchange, and the gift exchange used to be really fun. Somebody gave uh, brought a used bowling ball, which we decided, oh, let's go to the back, set up the beer bottles, and and bowl. And we were right, bowl. yeah. We, so the ball would hit the wall and like roll back down because it there was a little bit of a, a you know. And so after about. 20 minutes of bowling and setting up the glass bottles and all this stuff. I remember Newfie holds the bowling ball and he's in the perfect bowling stance. It's like, he's like ABC white world of sports, 1978, perfect bowling stance. And he casually looks to us and says, is anybody else's hands bleeding? Yeah. <laughs> because we didn't yeah. realize we were so drunk that yeah, at one point of time. And by one point of time, after the first roll, <laughs> Paul was covered okay. with shards of glass. Yeah. Okay, so 
Once again, you're talking way too much when we have a guest. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Kaifin about. Do you remember what we used to do with the beer bottles there? Uh, <laughs> I, I do not actually. Please refresh. You do not. Memory. Do you remember? Do you remember the Paul Laguerre beer bottle disposal trick? His um, he, he kind of tw- does the behind the back thing and he throws the beer bottle onto the roof. Oh yes. Do you remember? Yes. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Okay, do you remember when you tried it? <laughs> oh, no. well, well, first, Biff, could you remind everybody at yeah. the time, well, so how, was, uh, how, how well, old is Paul well, at the time? Well, Paul was what? Was he like oh. 78 at the time? Maybe. He was 71 like on my, um, at my right. wedding was his right. 71st birthday. Yeah. So, but okay, so do you remember that whole thing? And when, when you tried to Haven, do you remember that whole story? I have, I have a, a horrible sense of doom over this, and I don't <laughs> recall. Let's, let's, why don't you tell us about maybe start off by kind of reminding everybody how Paul did this behind the thing, you know, uh, whatever his his technique, and then you know tell us about what led you to decide that you're gonna try it and what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only make some guesses here. I do recall what he used to do. So he used to take this bottle, and if if if, if memory serves, yeah. uh, he'd hold on to the neck of the bottle, yeah. and then he would uh, start with it in front of him. Let's say it's his right hand. He starts with it in front of him, and he'd swing it around the right side of his body, and then as it went around his back, he'd throw it up, and it would land up on the roof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> Well, you 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 tried the same technique, except that when you hurled it, you 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 threw it really strong, and you threw it the bottle head first, and it went straight into the glass on the side of the building, and there was not a, like a there was a bullet hole looking thing. You didn't you didn't break the entire glass, but there was this like kind of like one inch hole, like somebody shot through that glass. Oh no. Yeah, that's starting to sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> How drunk were you then? Probably is almost my question. Well, uh, uh, drunk enough that I, I guess I don't recall it. Or, or yeah. as they say, time heals all wounds. Oh, and I'm hoping sure. the glass. <laughs> I, 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 well, I mean, but, the building's demolished. You know, it's fine. But there, yeah. there was, there was more. And and at one point, our friend Zach, the Mexican. Was running the rank, and he would be like, "Okay, lock up the gate when you guys leave." And there'd be so many times at six a.m. when the figure skaters were pulling in. It's yeah. like, oh, I guess we don't have to no, lock up. Yeah. And but then there was a time, and it was raining, and and Hafen had some kind of like sporty car, and I always had like some kind of Hyundai Santa Fe. At one point, it was a station wagon, and we were racing for some stupid reason to the on-ramp to get on the highway to get home and we got into a little fender bender you guys are idiots okay but that that was a different that's a different scenario that that had nothing to do with friday night hockey oh was that a league was that a league game it was it was uh oh because we were we were in holly like north hollywood or something when that happened it was uh, oh Okay. I just remember you had a $500 deductible and I paid more than half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, that's right. Okay. We're going to get to that in a second, but just to clarify things, uh, I was driving, I slowed down, I got hit from behind. So I'm not going to say anything more about the details of that. It's but- not the first time you got rear-ended. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's also so- not the first time that Jock came in from behind. 
Hello. Uh, but yes or no, I paid more than half the deductible. Yeah. Yes, you did. You did. You paid You paid the deductible plus one cent and then lorded <laughs> it over my head for years. So I made you pay more than half the deductible. I, you know, 200, I wrote him a check for $250 and one cents just so I could be a dick. Um, no, but that, that was a lot of fun. And we did. We played on the Caltech team, which arguably at the beginning – Oh, the worst team in the history of organized hockey, maybe. You, you, you know, you know what, you know, you say that, but we we actually have one game, so you know, we you, you clearly cannot say that. The it guy, was a team. the guy who <laughs> wore his blue jeans and his full oh yeah under. John Anderson, yeah. Oh, oh my god, yes. It literally. Yeah, I, he, it, he wasn't pushing the, the the cutting edge of hockey technology. No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember first walking in the room with Nat, and and truly, it looked like it looked like I walked into the waiting room of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He had all these JPL rocket scientists. Oh, I'll give hockey a try, and it turns out to be in a league with USC, UCLA yeah. that had thirty people rosters, yeah. all kids who played like high school hockey back east. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting time. But yeah, that was. Um, Okay, so now we clarified that. So then, uh, you know, I, I want to go through through Hafen's backstory a little bit. Here's one of my favorite stories about Hafen. Go ahead. Hold on, hold on. I just, I, I want to, before we get too far away from, yeah. from the Friday night hockey at Silmar uh, and, and uh, interesting things that happened there, uh, there was one night, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Polly Costa. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. 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 It, he he was uh, the uh, he was he played goalie for us and you know goalies were kind of rare so we were kind of stuck with with any goalie that we could find that could even you know basically figure out how to put their pads on uh, and uh, so but he was he was a bit of a of an alpha male in a in a kind of a toxic kind of way um, so of and course there's, there's the ones that aren't <laughs> I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm just asking just asking the question okay. Uh, but he was, uh, of course, then extremely, extremely competitive. And it ended up, and I don't know quite how it, it uh, what, what led to this, but somehow it ended up that he and uh, uh, I think it was Paul Laguar were going to race around uh, the building. It was Nat. It was Nat. The it Nat. Nat. Yeah. Okay. So they, you know, they raced around and, and, uh, and I don't quite remember the outcome. But uh, that led to then uh, Paul Laguar, the again to refresh your memory, the seventy-something-year-old uh, uh, guy, um, uh, to challenge me to uh, <laughs> uh, running around the building, see who could get around the building the fastest. Now, the thing you need to know about this is that we didn't go in the same direction. We always went in opposite directions, so you didn't know how you were doing relative to the other person. So of course, uh, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be Paul. And uh, so we go running around the buildings in opposite direction. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to get there before. I'm going to come on. This is a, a no brainer, right? Well, we get around. I get around the other side. And then there's no Paul at all. There's no Paul. There's no Paul. There's no Paul. We're waiting. Eventually, he comes around the corner with his pants around the ankles <laughs> and, and uh, uh, moving with a little, I don't know, baby steps or whatever. But this is the kind of guy you could never, you just never knew what he was going to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so um, 
So Polly used to hang around long enough because I, I thought that Polly didn't really hang around that much, but maybe I just don't remember that. There was no. an era where I didn't hang around much at all because, you know, I just became a dad. So I'm yeah, I just became that. a dad. So he, yeah, yeah, but he, this guy, and it's like he and his brother were in the military. They were stationed in Korea. He has, he was in good shape. He was like six, one, maybe at least yeah. six. Yeah. He had a tattoo of a sunflower that took up his entire back that yeah. he never would talk about. And, if you want, when we talk about crazy people, there was a guy named Mike Britton. If you Google Mike Britton, he had <laughs> done three years for manslaughter for killing guy. He was out six four, six five, and truly, like uh, one of the earlier stages of the uh, of the chart of evolution. <laughs> you know, I mean, he used Cro Magna maybe. Uh, Polly. He went crazy like a few years after we all parted ways where he was squatting in a house and was shooting at shadows that were out to get him. And he yeah. ended up calling. Well, I, mean, I, to, I mean, I have the details on that, but do you, do you, do you want to hear about that? Uh, no, you, know, and, uh, you know, then there was Juan, the security guard, who stole the cash register one right, day right. and then tried to sell us his gun. Um, yeah. So it, it was a very interesting place to play. Uh, but so. So that's how we, we, we all came to know each other at hockey. Uh, I will tell one story about Hafen. I don't know if things have changed. So Hafen is colorblind, and he has no sense of smell. Yeah, that's, still, that's still true. I'm okay. still colorblind. Okay, uh, as your apartment would indicate. And so he... <laughs> yeah, he, he somehow managed to get COVID before everybody else. He had no right. Sense of smell. Yeah. He, he has no sense of smell, and his equipment smelled so bad. That How we made him. We well, made well, so, so wait, why don't you tell us, Haven? Why did your equipment smell so bad? Well, okay, so it's not that I don't have a sense of smell, or at least I, I, I wasn't born that way. But eventually, when when things happen, you slowly get accustomed to them, and you don't realize. Uh, and that's kind of the case with the hockey equipment. It was. Uh, it spent a lot you were of time. Nose blind. You were nose What's blind. That? You were nose blind to your hockey equipment. I was nose blind to my hockey equipment is what it really was. Uh, it Josh, wait a little before you go further. Hey, Jock, yeah. you wouldn't happen to know anything about being nose blind to smelly things in oh, your Oh, I am. House. I am. And I, and, and I will I'm happily kidding. say, like my it, my boys have have rectified that situation the last couple of years. No, and, and and see, so 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 Joe's texting me on the side saying, "Is that why he dates so many French women?" Joe, how dare you? <laughs> that that that's that's not. So anyway, so Hafen's bag smelled horrible. Okay, moving okay, on. So go go. Let's go back to Hafen. Go. Let's go ahead and so tell us about the whole story. So basically, it it spent a bit of time in my car and I had this uh, CRX and so it was uh, for those of you who don't know the CRX basically it's a hatchback so I had a lot of room and I didn't really have a good place uh, to, to put the equipment I didn't think too much about it I just you know ah, okay I'll just leave it in my car no big deal never thought twice about it uh, until <laughs> certain people that I play ice hockey with uh, began to point out to me that this was um, not the most pleasant smelling uh, uh, set of ice hockey equipment in, in the locker room. Well, where you lived, what percentage of days in the calendar year were above 90 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. This is uh, inland LA, so probably about yeah. uh, 95. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but lucky for us, you know, you, you, you decided that, you know, you're going to do all of us a favor. And get brand a brand new set of equipment. 
Uh, you want to tell us about getting a brand new set of equipment? Um, I would like to, but I don't actually recall that. I mean, I I, I know that I what must have to your memories. You you were at my place. We it was like so. Nat and I had this three bedroom, two bathroom apartment, and it was pretty big. It's a it's where Joe ended up when he came out. You know, he lived with us, and and we had plenty of room. And we would have these parties that would go to the next day. You know, and none of us did drugs other than alcohol. Alcohol is a drug, and none of us drank alcohol. It was all just beer, and we had a poker game or whatever when your car got broken into oh, yes. and they stole your gear and we felt so bad for them it's like life regrets it's like what were you thinking and we did we drove around like looking at dumpsters and just the side of the road i can't imagine they got more than a half a mile i feel like you know you're the original person who does that prank of um you know, the person who leaves like this fake, fake cap packages in front of their house for the you know porch pirates to steal. But there's dog shit inside like Hafen inadvertently pulls that. You know, he's the original one to pull that trick. They probably oh. were the easiest thieves to find because you just have to follow the scent. <laughs> oh, yeah, there they are. Oh, it was it was awesome. So. So then and I, 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 I had some things that I definitely wanted to get. There's some de- things I definitely wanted to go. Over. OK, the nice. Um, OK. And, and again, this 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 speaks to Hafen being crazy smart and a moron. He tells us one day uh, I'm, I'm dropping out. I'm going off the grid. I'm going to spend the next year studying for my GRNs. Is that what they're called? The GRNs? GRAs. GRAs. For, for, for grad school. And so he's liquidating his stuff. He's moving out of this nice apartment and basically getting the Ted Dasinski, like cabin in the woods type place. And and our friend Eric and I go to move him. And it's hard to explain how hilly Los Angeles is. Like Los Angeles is surrounded by mountains and they build houses in the side of mountains. And where you I know enter, where this is going. I know where, where this is going. Where Hafen's house was. Oh, wait, 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 wait. If you know where it's going, why don't you tell us the story? <laughs> well, Jacques may do a better job. Uh, but he'll do a longer job. Yeah. But yes, that's true. Uh, but the uh, but yeah, where I was going was basically uh, to this uh, place where it was on the side of a hill. It was literally this four-story house. Um, and... To get to the floor, so I, basically it was rented uh, by different people. We each had our own floor. And uh, my floor was not near the top. So, uh, well, it, maybe it didn't make so much sense to try to move things in from the top, but from the bottom. Uh, so, yes. And even though the house has floor floors, that doesn't really set the stage. It's the fact that there are... Um, to get from the street to the house was uh, it was many 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 more flights of stairs. So where was so, this place? What is in uh, Tahunga? Okay. So you had to go up two flights of steps, Biff, to go down three flights of steps to get his shit, and then you know um, you know because you know when you, hey, wait well, let me let me ask you one more question wait when you say Tahunga, is it like up like old Tahunga road like you go up old Tahunga road up i mean were you actually in Tahunga or would you were you actually in the angeles national forest yeah thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, was serious question <laughs> yeah 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 this was uh, so 
this was, you know how Tahunga, it's this little valley, right? And you yep, got the south yep. side, you got the north side. Yep. I lived on the right where the valley uh, became uh, met with the hills. And okay. uh, so the street where I had to park was still on the flat area. And then the house was up the hill away. <laughs> okay. You get the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to, and to make to make a bad situation even more, Hafen, uh, I'm moving with him and Nufi, Eric Nufi Setlack. And there was at one point a 20-minute discussion slash argument. When you say lift on three, is it one, two, lift, or is it one, two, three, lift? And the two of these morons. And so Nat and I end up just moving. Okay, wait, wait, okay, so, 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 let's, so for the two of us, Joe, is it one, two, Lift or one, two, three, lift? I'm on three, lift. I'm like one, so, two, three, lift. Oh, interesting. That's me. See, I'm a one, but I'm from two, the East Coast. Lift on the guy. West Coast, you do one, two, lift. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you, now, 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 do you also uh, factor in for wind resistance? Because <laughs> well, indoors, I hope there wasn't too much wind. <laughs> and, 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 and I, oh, God, I know because Ellen uh, management was in the picture at that point and she was there and she was just holy crap these are these two guys are crazy smart yeah it, that was a, it was it was her what movie did we find you had a dvd copy oh my god it it was like it was some teen like rom-com oh 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 yes what you were referring to is of course the 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 um <laughs> the movie bring it on <laughs> but, oh my god before you can I, before you can embarrass me i'm going to say that this was not a movie that i went out and purchased this was a movie you may not remember i had this girlfriend michelle at the time this was a movie really big boobs uh, yeah um but uh, that, that's neither here nor there um but uh she she got me this as a as a as a present uh because she wanted to watch it <laughs> So, yeah, this was not a movie I went out and, and, and bought for myself. And I remember picking it up, looking at Hafen, looking at Eric, looking at Hafen, looking at management, putting it down and not saying a goddamn word. Just, and now you can what? watch it on Turner Classic Movies. That's how old it is. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so, but, Hafen, so Hafen then moves into The Cabin in the Woods. So he can just study for the year. And he's like, I'm downsizing. I'm not going to play hockey that much. I'm not, I want to study. And he wants to be a meteorologist and not like on TV, not like here's a three day weather forecast. He wants to be at the polar ice caps. He wants to be in the Sahara Desert. He wants to be where extreme weather is the norm, not the exception. Well, so let's once again, why don't you tell us what you thought you were going to do, Hafen? Well, I, I, here's what I knew at the time. I knew that yeah. I had grown up uh, loving weather, and it was just something that uh, it, was, it was my passion all along. Um, but, uh, you know, life happens, and it wasn't what I ended up studying in school. So after I don't know how many years of, of just doing straight-up development, I, I'd, I'd just been through a couple of startups where things maybe hadn't gone so well and the hours were super long. And so I started rethinking my career path. So I decided, you know what? 
I should actually go back and do this thing that, that I've loved my whole life, which uh, was weather and uh, yeah, atmospheric science. Okay. So that's, I was thinking, yeah, it was time for a career change. Okay. So then you're studying. Yeah. Right. For the GREs. So tell right. us what, you know, you know, uh, you know, which GREs you took, where you applied and then kind of how you got to somewhere that was not Los Angeles anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, as far as I know, there's only one set of GREs. So right. I took those. Are, are there specific subjects though? Like there, there are subject a, tests, yeah. but, yeah. but it wasn't required for entrance for the schools that I was interested in. Got it. Okay. And what was your score? I want to. <laughs> I had a on on the uh, the verbals. I had a six sixty out of eight hundred, which which was it's actually percentile wise is extremely like that, that's very difficult to get. Um, and uh, uh, it was actually the, of all the people that applied to the school, uh, the University of Washington that I ended up going to. I think it may have been the highest score of any applicant. Um, and then on the math section, uh, I had a 780 out of 800. And that, yeah, I mean, uh, but believe it or not, there were two other two other applicants that year who had, one had a 790 and one had an 800. <laughs> I'm going to guess that neither of them were Jacques because he called them the GRNs. I, I just, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and this is what I remember. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, there was essentially a bidding war for you between Washington, University of Washington, and, um, you know, University of Colorado and Denver. That's right. And, and the thing was, I, I really wanted, I mean, I, I, I had lived in Colorado when I was younger. I loved Colorado. So because I loved the area, I was super tempted. And, uh, but the University of Washington, I mean, it, it's arguably, or at least at that time, I don't know these days, it had arguably the best reputation in the world for atmospheric science. And uh, so maybe I think the reason maybe you know about the shock is because uh, Ross Salowich, uh, whom you're very close to, uh, and introduced me to Ross. Um, he's also an atmospheric scientist. So I, because of him, I ended up talking. He said, hey, Finn, look, what are you doing? <laughs> you're caught between these two schools. The University of Washington, it's a no-brainer. I mean, how can you not go there? So, so, so Ross, Ross has been on the program just to back up. Ross has been on the program. Uh, my stepdad came into my life when I was 12. Ross came in around the same time. He was, he's like eight years older. He was an intern for my dad, who's a rocket scientist. When Ross was a sophomore at Cornell, Ross ends up moving to Massachusetts, going to Harvard, Harvard PhD. He worked at JPL too. So, you know, it's this, it's crazy how many smart people I know. The fact that I played on the Caltech hockey team and, and, and every year we played a, a, a one game winner take all thing against MIT. Anyways, yeah. but with, with, with Hafen. And Zach was keeping score. I don't know. <laughs> with Hafen. Yeah, thank you. With well, it's Hafen, not rocket science. <laughs> uh, no, with Hafen. You know, when you talk to Ross, this is where this is where the story starts to get. Um, we're going to I'm going to use a couple phrases from our good friend, Mr. Taylor. Uh, this is where plausible deniability comes into <laughs> Haven's, Haven's existence. Now, th I, th there was a bidding war between the two schools. He talked to Ross. He went to Washington. Um, and this is where everything changed. But from about 87, 88 to about 2000 and. When did you go to Washington? 2005? 87? 
97, 97, 97. 97, 98 is when Hafen and I started hanging out all the time. And when did you go to Washington? 2004. Yeah. So in that sixth year of time, I don't think I spent more time with any one person than Hafen. And because, you know, Nat ended up playing in Vancouver. So she was gone six months of the year. I would go up every other weekend. She would come home if they, if they didn't have a travel weekend. But I saw Hafen more than anybody. Um, again, Hafen was in the starter wedding. Um, you know, um, let's just say, how can I say this casually? Um, uh, I had a different kind of lifestyle with the starter wife, and we would have friends, and we would meet with these certain friends at a hotel right near Hafen, and I would always bring them by to kind of get Hafen's thumbs up or double thumbs up on <laughs> what the next two days of my life was going to be. And anyway, so we were crazy, crazy close. Then Hafen goes to Washington, uh, and I'm going to also use the word allegedly. I, I, this is where, and and this is why I want to have Hafen on. Well, first of all, Hafen, because I don't get this wrong, could you please give us the origin of your name? Because it sounds crazy if I say it. It's going to sound crazy if you say it, but if I say it, it's double crazy. Where does the name Hafen come from? Okay, well, first of all, it's a it's a German word, and they they pronounce it Hafen, and it means harbor unless you're in Austria and you're speaking Austrian German, in which case it means jail. Uh, but, uh, but no, the story originates. The, the way I got my name was that uh, my dad, when he was very young, his father, my grandfather, went off to World War II. And, uh, you know, when he came back, he was a changed man. What side was he fighting for? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good question, but wow. Wow. I mean, there are a lot of things you can, you can question. In, 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 in he my- came back to the States and not Argentina, so come on. <laughs> so when my grandfather came back, uh, things at home for my father were actually quite difficult. He, he was a changed man. And so, uh, so things at home were hard. And so my father, at the age of tender age of 13, he left home and he lived in the mountain or he lived in Denver, Colorado at the time. So uh, he went into the mountains of Colorado and he ran into this gold miner that said, uh, OK, I'll tell you what, you can stay with me, but you've got to work for me and you've got to go to school. So, you know, my dad was quite young. And so he said, OK, I'll tell you what, you know, yes, I'll, I'll do that. He had no way to sustain himself otherwise. So he stayed there for a number of years and he told me that he learned discipline and another, a, num- a number of other uh, great qualities. So when I was born, he named me after the gold miner. Which I, I, I do. I love that. It's, so it's, wait, so the gold miner had a, there was a gold miner named Hafen? That is, I almost want to, you know, want the, I, want, I almost want the gold miner's origin story now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, did we lose you, Hafen? Uh, oh, we have technical difficulties. Let me mark this so I can find it in the editing. Joe, you can hear me, right? I can hear you. I, I can, can hear, hear you, you also. Yeah. Can you hear me? It's just you, Hafe. Can you hear? I can hear you, Joe. I can hear Biff and you guys can hear me, but we yeah. can't hear you, Hafe. And- yeah. Is your mic muted? No, it's not. 
Hmm. Maybe um, you might have you to. Might have to... Oh, oh, I can hear an echo. Echo. Yeah, echo now. Hey, Finn, hey, log, Finn off log off and log, log back, back in. Back in. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Bad bad news, we can hear you. <laughs> Worse news you bad can hear Jacques. Bad news is we can hear you, Jacques. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so yeah, so the your your dad, the, the woods of Colorado. I, I I've always loved that story. Um All right. it's Okay, so let's so so let's go to let's go to Washington. Okay. So this is where I like I say, this is where things get a little dicey. Um Haven has Different groups of friends. Now, I should also say when Hafen said he wanted to do his lifelong passion of getting into meteorology. Hafen, can you tell us where you went to undergrad and for what? Yeah, I went to uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Insti Institute in, in upstate New York. And uh, I, I went for I started actually in applied physics, but then I switched uh, a semester in because uh, a friend of mine was doing mechanical engineering and his the, 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 <laughs> The work he was doing, the classes he was taking, seemed more interesting. So, uh, so I switched over, and so I ended up with a degree in mechanical engineering. And where did you do your mechanical engineering after college? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. okay. So you got into programming. <laughs> How did you learn to program? Um, actually, I started off uh, at a very young age. I was self-taught. I. Um, I started at the age of uh, 11, and I started, of course, as a lot of people do with, you know, basic, and then, uh, you know, eventually some Turbo Pascal, and then C, and, you know, uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, but so it was kind of on my own. So one day, and, and Joe, you will know this game, I don't, we don't hear from Hafen for a weekend, like he's not at hockey, he's off the grid, we see him mid next week it's like hafen where have you been hafen for whatever reason wanted to play a computer game from his childhood he could not remember he could not find so he spent the weekend building the fucking okay, so what game. did you so what did you what did you write it was a game it had been called galactic empire and um uh it was a simple game, to be honest. I mean, it's basically everybody's got some spaceships, they have a home world, and you, you do galactic battle. But but the thing was, is I always liked strategic games. And this was one, it was a double blind game, which is kind of unusual. So it's one where you didn't know what the other players were going to do until their ships arrived on, on a planet of yours. Anyway, uh, so I couldn't find this or really anything like it anywhere. So, and this is a while ago. I mean, this was, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, so anyway, so I just decided, well, <laughs> why can't I just make it myself? Right. So I did. There what, you did go. you write it in C? Or? Uh, yes, I did write it in C. That's right. Yeah. Is it still available? Like, can I, you know, is it uploaded to a website? <laughs> is, it, is it archived somewhere or is it just on one of your floppy disks? <laughs> it's not even available to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, but how long would it take you to build it? Like, if we pause the podcast for like an hour, would, would you be able to put it up in the cloud for Joe? Extreme programming challenge. So, <laughs> so, I uh, then, 
Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Of all the people listening podcasts, the only person. Let me ask you you something. (laughs) We were just about to head to Washington State, and suddenly we took turns that got him to. Making the uh, pr- uh, the program. So when are we going to head to Washington State? Well, right now. But like I was going to say, Biff, if everybody listening to the program. I'm going to start timing right now. It is 10 on my time. Only <laughs> only one. Uh, for everybody listening to the podcast, only one person knows exactly what I'm doing right now. Uh, other than me. Okay. So now we're at Washington State. Again, allegedly. And I, I wanted to go back because Hafen has friends before he went to college. Hafen has friends from college. And very rarely in the 30 years I've known Hafen have any of these groups intertwined. They're all compartmentalized. Like, yeah, I've met his mom. Yeah, I met his friend BJ. But but it's one of those things. I don't I was never on a text thread with BJ. You know, I, I you know, I never really hung out with any of these people, nor have they hung out with other people in this group. We don't know if they're actors. We don't know if he's just like, you know, hired somebody to show up, and say, OK, here's the backstory. Here's the cliff notes. We met here. Just say this type thing. So he allegedly goes to Washington State and I'm pretty much the only person he's in contact with down here because cell phones aren't overly prevalent. It cost a lot of money to use cell phones because this is, again, 2004. Things changed a few years later. And Hafen, when he would come home for Christmas or Thanksgiving, he would stay with management and I, you know, for sometimes weeks. But but nobody went up to Washington that I knew and visited him. Nobody could corroborate. It's like, oh, now once he's in Washington, he starts doing these. Oh, I won't be able to be in contact for the next two weeks. We're going from point A to point B. We're going out in the wilderness. We're doing some weather mapping. There's no cell service. You don't call me. I'll call you. Uh, and then he had these plaus. This is where he started to have these plausible deniabilities why he's out of contact for weeks at a time so so it's correct me if i'm wrong so allegedly went to washington tell us how washington went for you well at some point you know you go to grad school you got to do these things called uh yeah you have these uh theses you have to do you you gotta you have to have a project and so my project uh was to go into the mountains and uh, examine snowflakes under a microscope because somebody's got to do it, right? Um, Actually, no, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so I would go into the mountains and I, and I had, uh, they had rented this, uh, what I, I used to call it a hovel. We had a, we had a, a, a nice house that we could have rented, but uh, my 60, you know, two-year-old uh colleague in in the office he he was not a grad student of course uh but he was gonna work with me on this project he didn't want to be in the same house with me because his wife was going to spend some time with them i don't know maybe they wanted to be naked a whole oh lot. i thought you brought your hockey equipment to go <laughs> <laughs> cold holland score one for joe okay go on <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway we ended up in these these little hovels is what i used to call them uh in in, in, in quite isolated quite small up in the mountains and um uh, so we would spend a lot of time and, and when a snowstorm would come in, we had to be ready to go. We had to, you know, be ready to go into this little trailer where we had, uh, most of it was, uh, exposed to the outside. So, you know, it's like, uh, 
anywhere from 10 to 25 degrees Fahrenheit. For anybody that's uh, listening in Celsius, it's like minus, uh, uh, say, minus 12 to minus 8. No, sorry, uh, minus 6, 5, 4, 3, something Wrong. like that. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, but we're, we're um, uh, you know, exposed to this. And so... Um, you know, I'd be taking measurements for hours and hours and hours on end. Uh, meanwhile, my 62-year-old colleague is sitting in the warm part of the trailer, enjoying himself uh, with a nice warm heater. Um, but yeah, so because we're out in the middle of nowhere, we had to be somewhere high up where it was definitely going to be snow, no rain. So it was quite isolated. So I'd spend, uh, yeah, quite a bit of time up there. And did you find matching snowflakes? <laughs> it takes a long time. You hear those words coming out of your mouth, right? Right, you're a snowflake scientist. Okay, along the way, so here's something that because it's a it's an audio only podcast. Hayfin used to be a pretty good looking guy, uh, in, in good shape, a really decent athlete. Uh, you know, uh, brightest athlete. Not so much. Good athlete, yes. And so, I mean, he he could get to where he wanted to go on the ice very quickly. Wasn't always the right spot, but he could get there very quickly. You know, he was, he had the, um, he had the kind of the, the athletic skills of a squirrel, but then the IQ of a squirrel also. <laughs> I mean, hey, Finn, can you catch a pass on your backhand? Uh, okay, moving on. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, but, and Selmar, I don't know how it started, but I used to wrestle with people after, like people would want to challenge me, and I would throw somebody down three times. I, I give you, okay, you got three chances wait, wait, to wait, wrestle. So wait, wait, we're done with I'm the Washington already? No, 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 no. We're gonna get back, but I want to. I'm build. I'm building a case. So Hayfin, one time was so pleased because I couldn't get him pinned the third time because he is. He's an ox. I mean, he didn't take into consideration this was after a two-hour game, and he was the ninth person I wrestled. But so Hayfin. Nathan is very strong, very athletic, good-looking guy, and as you can already tell, sweet and charming, and just like, like he's like he's a Ringo star of Friday night hockey, you know, just a lovable little, you know, scamp. So in Washington, and, but he had a trail of vict- a trail of girlfriends. That he, credit where credits due, he was always honest. It's like I'm going here. And I'm going over there at this time frame. You're not coming with me. Don't get attached. They all got attached. I don't know how many T-shirts he lost. I still have that one T-shirt for you, Ave. Um, and, and girls would just like be shells and husks of the woman they were before falling in love with him. So he definitely had that. You know, uh, he wasn't mean about it, but hey, don't fall in love with me. I'm leaving. They would fall in love and they'd be crushed. So in Washington, this is the first time he calls me and says. Uh, this girl is great. She's great. And, and, and I see a future and she was graduating six months before him and she was going back to Sweden. And the plan was in six months, he would go then to Sweden. She, I think already got accepted to Harvard, but had to wait a year to come back to go to Harvard. So that was the plan. He graduates six months after her, go to Sweden, stay there for a year. Then she was going to go to Harvard. And then he was like, well, maybe I'll go to Harvard too, because that's how it works in Haven's well, world. Wasn't, wasn't there something else going on with the funding related to your research or something like that? Yeah. So the thing was, is I was trying to finish up my, uh, my degree and, uh, that meant writing my thesis. And 
writing, you know, I'm an all right writer, but I'm not a fast writer. <laughs> and couple that with, uh, with a thesis advisor who's a perfectionist. And that is a, a, a marriage made in hell. Uh, so basically something that should have taken three months kept going and going and going and going. And actually to the point where I, 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 I decided I'm not cutting my hair till this is done. Uh, <laughs> so uh, of course, over the course of a year, my hair got quite long and it, I started calling it thesis hair. Uh, but, um, but nonetheless, I, I was trying to finish and, and I ran into a problem where there wasn't enough funding to keep me on, uh, as an, as a, you know, research assistant to keep doing what I was doing. So I kept kind of getting these threats. Like if you don't finish, like you're, you're done, you're not going to be able to finish. Uh, it kept getting extended and extended until it reached a point where it wasn't going to be extended anymore. So I'll stop there. Please continue your story. What's your story, isn't it? <laughs> so, so you met her. She moves, and, and it was that the plan. That was the original plan that you were going to go to Sweden, stay there, and then go to Boston because she was going to go to Harvard. I I don't remember the Harvard part, but I definitely remembered going to the Sweden part. I was the idea was this: is I was going to go to Sweden, and uh, and you know the, the rules are such here that if you have what what they call in Sweden a sambo. That's some, it's a word we don't have in the U.S. Basically, it means like a, a, a partner that you live with. It's basically, it's a lot like marriage in Sweden. Uh, they're, they're equivalent, uh, even though you can be married in Sweden. But it's well, a the common Ameri law person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or, so, hold on, there. otherwise, no, I got the translation thing. No, dude, it's right here. It, it, it's called sugar mama. It's like, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's right there. <laughs> Yes or uh, no? Yes or no? Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so, but no, I because I remember because we were so talking. Wait, so, it's so, like, so let's let's let's, let's let's just tell us you grad you get your you get your you finished at Washington. We don't care about what you ended up with. You know, you're done at Washington. Where do you go? Allegedly. How do you, you know what's the what what happens in your thought process? Where do you go? Well, okay. So I had spent five years in grad school, and as a, you know, after, after all of this hard work and a and a and a year long attempt to finish a thesis, which I finally did, I decided to reward myself with a trip to Europe, and uh, it was going to be a four week trip. And I had a, a good buddy of mine, uh, Martin Zelinka, that was uh, shout out to Mark, uh, that was going to uh, meet me in Europe. So. Uh, I went there, we, we met up and we traveled around for a couple of weeks. He had to go back. I was going to spend a couple of more weeks there. And this had nothing whatsoever to do with the, uh, with the lovely gal that you were referring to Jacques. This was actually, uh, after that, as it turns out. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, ended up there and, uh, well on this trip, I had, I had become enamored with Europe because. I had already been there once before, fell in love with it, but this time it was uh, the, the experience was even, you know, uh, multiplied. And so I had seen so many wonderful, lovely things about Europe and uh, I didn't want to come back. And I suspect you're, you're going somewhere with this that- uh, Well, no, no, you need to go somewhere with it because, you know, we hear right. jock all the time. Yeah, no, here's People a shovel, hear Here, here's a shovel, keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, when um, I, I, I was about to return home, 
it was my final night in Paris. And I, I had I had been to uh, on this trip. I had actually been to Paris uh, a, a few times. It was actually the third time I was in Paris on this trip. Final night there. And uh, and I had over this time in my, my trips to Paris, I, I had met this uh, kind of a group of people and they started getting just a little bit familiar with me. And so the final night I was there, I was saying how sorry I was that I that I had to go back because I just didn't want to leave. I had fallen in love with Europe. And so they were saying, oh, you shouldn't go back. You shouldn't go back. And I was like, yeah, but of course, what I, I, what can I do? I'm an American. I'm stuck. I mean, I, I have to go back. But, you know, as the, the evening wore on, uh, it started to play in my head a little bit. And, uh, and it was my last night. I had an early morning flight. I decided, you know what? I'm just going to spend, it's my last night. I'm just going to spend the whole night. I'm not going to bed. I'm going to spend the night out on the town. And, um, well, so I was out the entire night. And by the time morning rolled around, I kind of put myself in a position where I couldn't make my flight back home. Hmm. Interesting. Was, was that position anywhere on page six or seven of the Supercata? <laughs> <laughs> I Kama Sutra? Is that what you're Kama Sutra, thank you. Um, uh, uh, you I know, Chupacabra for a second. Know, like, I might have. Oh, Joe, I might have. Uh, it's me. Uh, but uh, here's how I remember it, because like I said, I was the one in constant contact as much as anybody from this country was. So, yeah, he was going to go over to Sweden for whatever reason. Sweden's off the table. So he's like, I got this ticket. I'm going anyways. The night before he left, he ends up making a new friend who who might have been able to Hey, I, I I might know of a job that you know is up your alley, and, and, and again, not mechanical engineering, <laughs> you know, not uh, not what what kind of physics was it? Not, don't, not applied don't physics, not applied <laughs> physics. The hotel industry, and, you know, uh, and 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 here's the great thing about that job: it also came with with a place to stay. Now that place to stay wasn't at the place so where, where he so was where working. You, so where'd you end up? Where'd you end up? So well, I, continue I, the story. You missed the flight. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up in the uh, the fifth arrondissement uh, of Paris. Uh, Good yeah, I, <laughs> and um, so you know, I like I said, I couldn't make my flight. So I was you know where I was at the time when I didn't make my flight. This lovely gal said, uh, "Well, you know what? That's okay. You 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 can stay here a little bit. You know." Uh, and the whole idea, the whole time I was thinking, okay, I guess I'm going to have to maybe catch a different flight home at some point. I mean, I had, I, had, uh, I had concert tickets waiting back for me in Seattle. I had a trip coming up soon to go back to L.A. I think I uh, was probably going to go and see you, Jacques, if I remember correctly. You mean and, stay with. Uh, not, not see. I mean, we stayed there. <laughs> I was your Biff. Because <laughs> I always stay with Biff. Yeah, and... Um, but, uh, and so uh, an extra day or two led to an extra week, led to a little bit more. And uh, the thing was, is when I was there, I, I, it was like I was in uh, a, a fantasy world for adults. I, I was, that sounds a lot worse than I made it sound. Um, <laughs> You made, uh, awesome. not, yeah, you made it sound awesome. You made it sound awesome. Be, but okay, well, for Jacques, that fantasy world would have been the Star Wars experience at Disney World. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a quiet room with a PlayStation to himself. But uh, <laughs> now that's Joe. Yeah, everybody has their happy place. But go on, Haven. But uh, but for me, it was the uh, Paris was just amazing, and 
So it uh, every every day I woke up, I was like I, I I felt like I wanted to pinch myself just to be sure it was real. It was like a Disneyland for adults, you know. I mean, uh, I was in love with the culture. I was in love with the experiences I was having. I was meeting all kinds of people and on a regular basis. It was a, it was an incredible experience. And that girl was in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> so then, start so, that so, way. So, so so what happened where you were no longer in Paris because you're not there now? Well, then I got a call from uh, from uh, the the person that you mentioned about in Sweden a, a, a few moments ago. Uh, and uh, that person had an idea for business. Um, they wanted to start a, a new company to make weather forecasts in Africa. And it, it happened, of course, that I just happened to have the right uh, multiple sets of expertise for what needed to be done. And well, you, so, so what you're saying is you have a certain set of skills. Yes. He has a particular and, set of skills. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Uh, and so, uh, but the, the, the kind of the, the combination of the, the areas of expertise that I have are a bit unusual and turns out exactly what was needed to do what the company uh, really needed in order to, to uh, fly. So, and, and was that to topple small governments? <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you, Jacques. Put but down regimes. I can tell you, but then Biff would have to kill you, and I'm pretty sure he could do it because I think I think Biff uh, is is a ninja. I'm I'm pretty sure. <laughs> hey, Playing man. the race card. <laughs> we don't Different tolerate that say, kind of talk around. I'm here. gonna say I'm gonna say say hey Finn, I'm not a ninja. But it is a different organization. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with Yaku and ends with. <laughs> so, so you're in Sweden and. No, France. No, no. Okay. But did you go to Sweden and then down to Ghana or did you go to Sweden no, I, first? Well, I was told, I was told that I, I, I in order to do this, I was going to have to leave France. I was going to have to uh, either go to. Uh, Sweden or to Ghana. And, I, and, and so I was given the choice. And so I said, okay, yeah, I, I, I choose Sweden because I love Europe. And, uh, and, and you're uh, racist and you like white people. No, we get it. We get it. It's all good. So um, uh, I shortly before, right before, in fact, I was going to go uh, to Sweden. I was told suddenly, sorry, that's not going to happen. You have to come to Ghana. <laughs> so um Okay, fine. Um, I'm I'm a kind of guy. I, I I roll with the punches. I'm fairly easygoing, and uh, and you know maybe a little bit of an adventurous. So all right, Africa sounds interesting. So uh, yeah, so I ended up uh, hopping a flight to what was supposed to be uh, Africa, and I didn't make it. I'm not sure I should be telling the story. <laughs> okay. Some technical difficulties, but we'll return to the regular programming soon. I uh, so I was going to go down to Ghana, and uh, on the way there, I had a layover in in London at uh, London Heathrow, and um, so when I got there, 
uh, it's just supposed to be an easy, like a, a connection, no big deal. But when I got there, uh, I got pulled aside and they're like, oh, uh, please step aside, sir. I'm like, okay. And they start asking me questions and I'm, I'm, I'm really quite <laughs> confused here. Where, where, where is this going? <laughs> and the questions, they start out innocent enough, but the longer they're asking, the questions start not sounding so innocent anymore. And so uh, I soon realized that what they're after is, uh, they're, 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 they start telling me, well, wait a second. Um, so why, why are you going to Ghana? What, what's, what's going on here? And, and, uh, and suddenly I'm under suspicion for something. Well, it turns out that they're telling me I can't go to Ghana. I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't go to Ghana? And they say, well, you don't have a visa. And I said, yeah, but you don't need a visa to go to Ghana. You can get a visa on arrival, which you can't. And they say, no, you can't do that. It says here that you, you can do that if you have 48 hour prior approval from like the Ghana, some agency there. And that's actually false. That's not how it is. And so, uh, so they decide they're not gonna let me go. But at the same time, they're super suspicious of me. Now, the UK, um, it's, it's a, a highly surveilled society. They're into that whole, um, you know, they, they share intelligence with the US and, you know, the US uh, security agencies and whatnot, they're, you know, they, they tend to gather a little bit of intelligence. Go on. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so now uh, I'm under suspicion. And um, so the next thing I know, my bags have been removed from the flight that I'm supposed to be on. I've been put in an attaining uh, detention room and, uh, and I'm just sitting there for hours and hours. And, and they leave me there for, for quite some time. Hours pass and they come back and they, they start interviewing me again. And at this point, I'm just exhausted uh, because now I've been awake for I don't know how many hours. Uh, and um, so eventually they tell me, well, here's the thing. We're not going to let you, you know, you're, you're not going to Ghana. We're going to send you back to the U.S. Uh, so choice is yours. You, oh, the government. Oh, look at that. Oh, 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 oh. You, cut you cut out, Hayford. <laughs> You're, you're, you have to. You're, wait, wait. No, you're gonna have to put more quarters in. Uh, hey, Finn, log off and log back in. And here, you're gonna try again. He kind of does like a reset. He doesn't log off necessarily. I'm back. Okay, okay great. great. So it was such suspicious. Just, just as you were getting <laughs> to what was gonna you, happen, the gonna government have to go to back to U.S. or. Is where so, we... so they tell me that I can go to either New York or Boston. And uh, well, the thing is, what am I going to do in New York or Boston? They, they told me, first of all, we can't let we're not going to let you into the UK because it, you don't have enough money to uh, to come here. You obviously can't stay here. So we're going to send you to New York or Boston. Well, let me think about this for a second. If I can't afford to stay in the UK, what am I going to be able to do in New York or Boston? <laughs> I'm going to starve to death. I mean, if I don't have enough money to stay in London, what's the difference? So I told them, I said, okay, fine. You're going to send me back to the U.S., but I do still have uh, an apartment in Seattle uh, that I was still renting out because, as, uh, you know, as you know, when I left the U.S., I didn't exactly plan for that. So 
um, I had a choice. And I, and I, so I told them, I said, look, you've got to send me either to Seattle or to LA. Cause it, I knew, you know, Jacques there. Um, I, I had, I may have still had family at that. No, I didn't. Uh, but I knew that I'd be okay. So anyway, they said, Hey, listen, you're not telling us what you're going to do. We're telling you what you're going <laughs> to do. I said, great. Well, then you're going to send me there and I'm going to, I'm going to starve to death because I have no money as you say, and I have nowhere to stay. So uh, in the end, they decided uh, that, okay, fine. We're going to put you on a plane to Seattle. So uh, it, it, I, I got on this plane. I was about to get on this plane. Of course, they, it was a whole security thing. They, they led me there. They wouldn't let me out of their sight. They wouldn't let me have my passport. We went through the lines ahead of everybody else. Everybody's looking at us like, what's going on here? And they literally escort me up the stairs right to the plane. And then they hand... The stewardess, sorry, uh, uh, what do you call it? Flight, flight attendant, attendant. yep. Uh, my, uh, back then, it was a stewardess. Uh, so uh, they hand the, my passport to them and say, okay, you, you know, we'll give it, give it to him when he gets back to the States. So I'm on the flight, get back to the States, and they're still not handing me my passport. I'm like, what? How am I supposed to fill out the customs form right, right, and all this right. stuff? So, uh, so anyway, they, and I asked the, the flight attendant. And she says, oh, don't worry about it. Just, just fill the, you know, we'll, we'll fill that in later. Okay, fine. So we finally, the plane lands and we arrive at the gate and I'm getting, I'm the last person because I asked for my passport. And they say, okay, wait here, wait here, wait here. And so after everybody else has gotten off the plane, um, they finally, they have my passport in this like manila envelope. And one of the flight attendants hands, hands me the the envelope. I'm thinking, okay, good. All right. And then one of the other ones grabs it out of my hand and says, no, you can't do that. So then they proceed to escort me through the Seattle airport to us, uh, you know, immigration. And I, I, I don't remember quite how the conversation goes until the point where I remember the, the U S immigration official saying, I don't care. He's an American citizen. <laughs> and that was the moment I wanted to kiss the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so the so they ended up giving me my passport at that moment. And I was just so thankful. But I was paranoid at this point because of every everything I had been through along uh, the way on this trip. I kept thinking things were going to get better. And then they didn't. And they got worse, in fact. So eventually... Got my passport back. I leave the the airport. I'm on my way back on some, uh, you know, like uh, shuttle, bus, whatever. And I'm still paranoid at this point. <laughs> I'm still not feeling comfortable yet. It wasn't until I got home that I finally, you know, take my passport out, kiss the ground, and uh, uh, finally feel like, okay, things are going to be all right. <laughs> But, so you yeah. didn't even check to see if that was actually your passport that they handed to you before you left. It was just like, I assume it's yeah. mine and not like Juan my, Sanchez. Uh, no, right. so <laughs> at, at any point in this uh, ordeal, did you have to take off your pants? Oh, have, have to? <laughs> <laughs> Offered. I mean, hey, Offered. what do I got to do to get back in this country? Am I right? Uh, listen. Wait, by myself or with other people present? <laughs> they were that, that's where Haven goes, you know, I've got a particular set of skills. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Well, my friends, I think this is as good as any other place to cut this episode uh, in half. Uh, there really was no good place to cut the episode. I know each and every moment and story from Hafen uh, was mesmerizing. Next week, you know, I, I kind of formulate more of my argument as to Hafen being a spy. But I think your whistle is uh, quite wet at this point with the little bits of information we were able to pull out of him and and having his computer crash at a very auspicious time during our little chat just kind of, you know, feeds into my argument even more. Anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in, and please do not forget 